0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and ElitesportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is another edition of the podcast, The Sweep of the Nation. It is One Man's Opinion, right here on, well, whatever format you get this podcast on, Google Play iTunes, SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, Pod being tuned in. Man, we are everywhere. That's why we're sweeping the nation. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, favoriting, liking, commenting on this podcast. Really do appreciate it, each and every one of you. We are wrapping up or about to wrap up season three of this show. It's the Unfiltered Podcast. Remember to Take your or put your earbuds in, put your noise cancelling headphones on. Don't let sensitive ears hear this because I'm going to curse. I'm going to say naughty, nasty words and language that adults only use. You know what I mean? So we've got that going on. But thank you guys for making season three such a success. I'm super excited about the direction this program is headed. And hopefully we get more episodes, more, maybe some video components. We're talking about that. You guys really seem to like Episode 149 with the five amigos on the Super Bowl preview. If you haven't listened to that, my goodness gracious, what are you doing? Go and listen to that. My name is Chef Vance, by the way. Hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host Elite Sports. It's from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Yes, we've changed our time slot from 3 to 5 to 4 to 6. It's always been 4 to 6, but they moved us up because Matthew Barry was in uh, the 7 p.m. slot, so they had to move things down a little bit. So that's what ended up happening there. But we are 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm also part owner and chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. Control most of the content and information you see over there. Check that out. You can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All righty, so where are we at? The Super Bowl is over. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Congratulations to them. Also want to congratulate the Philadelphia Eagles on a massively successful, great season. Uh, I'll say this. I'm going to get into all aspects of the game. Don't worry about that. But I want to say that first and foremost, for all of us out there, we need to take a lesson from the Philadelphia Eagles how to lose with dignity and class, how to be a stand-up person, player, organization, you know, I'm really, it it made me sick to my stomach that literally sick to my stomach. Like, that's why do you think this is a day late? Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, 12 hours late this, this episode, it's because I was sick. And the amount of people that lose something and claim it's rigged or they got cheated or it's a scripted or whatever bullshit, It's just beyond comprehension. You know, I'm not going to get into that. I've done that show. Each of the last two shows, quite frankly, I've been talking about that. And it's just irritating. And I don't know. It doesn't seem to be letting up. People blame the referees. Referees didn't cause the Eagles to lose. The Eagles lost the game. They gave up a billion yards on 11 less minutes time of possession. They ran 22 less plays. The Kansas City Chiefs did. Like, there was nonstop fucking problems on the Eagles defense. They couldn't stop. They got zero stops of the Kansas City Chiefs offense the entire second half. So that's why they lost the game. The call, should it have been made, should not, I mean, debatable. You You can't say a penalty, something that is, the argument that it's not a penalty, okay, you can take that angle or that approach. What you can't do is say it shouldn't be called. It's like saying, well, you know, you stabbed somebody, but, you know, hey, they called me so- first. No, there's no excuse. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. It should be called all the time. It's not about when and where. I understand. The, the thing is, like, our guy Patio Joe and some folks who have been referees in the past and have been in those situations, I have not. I mean, if you want to talk, like, you know, my kids' five year old basketball, pee-wee basketball, uh, I ref I had to ref a couple times for that. But I mean, if you want to talk about real situations, yes, you swallow your whistle at some point. If you don't know, if it's not clear, then you can say, all right, I missed it, or I'm not calling in that situation. If it's clear, which this was, he he yanked and pulled the entire jersey, then he pulled the hip too. He did two penalties in one. James Bradbury. So that was the problem. All right. So that just, but the Eagles didn't, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't give a shit about that. Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, none of them, none of the Eagles players did any, they said we could have won that game and they could have, and they should have won that game, but it wasn't meant to be the chiefs are champions. I love Jalen Hurts, man. I got to tell you the fourth best Super Bowl fantasy performance we've ever seen. 41.2 points. Only that, weird, terrible fumble, pretty much the difference maker in the game, but I don't give a shit. Uh, That's not going to thwart my opinion and what I took away from that game that Jalen Hurts belongs on the biggest stages there are in the National Football League, and he's going to get his bag this offseason. I guarantee that shit. So uh, on this program, I'm going to get into the entire Super Bowl week. We'll talk about the game. I'm sure you guys are nauseated by the game but i'm going to give my takeaways how about that i'm solo today so phil sandro ted ray are not here to defend themselves that's just how i like it now i get to i get to tell you all the low down juicy stories from super bowl week us spending a week together all of that so let me take you back to what you saw last week. If you watch the live stream over at fantasyguru.com, we appreciate you guys doing so and commenting and chatting in the chat room it was great. What Basically what had happened was um, the whole gang's coming out here for Super Bowl. I, I wanted the whole gang out. So I pushed for that to happen, right? I, I pushed serious X management. Hell I pushed Ted. I pushed Ray. I'm like, let's, Let's make this a thing. It's beautiful weather. It's the time of year. It's the only event really going on that you can, you, you couldn't do contented college basketball bets, but he could do that from the road easily. So let's get out here. So I rented everybody house to stay and I, we stayed away from the downtown area. And the reason we did that is because we're smart and we knew the downtown area was going to be a fucking shit show, which it was. So and we stayed about half an hour or so away, rented a house, had a pool, a hot tub, the whole, you know, everybody has their own bed and places, the whole thing. So it was, it was a fun time in that spirit as well. Um, we spent the days together, spent the nights together. I went home after uh, at nighttime, of course, and then got ready for the next morning. And then we drove up together again to the things you saw, the coffee video at Sirius Fantasy at underscore man's there as well. And we had a great time. So that was the setup. We said, we're going to do the Super Bowl right. We're going to have all hands on deck. Listen, I want it to be understood and known something. That there are... It's a two-way street for me. On a personal level, I get a lot of credit. I'm the lead of the show. I'm the lead of FantasyGuru.com. I recognize that. I, I, I understand that. I'm not built in the way that I think most people are built or a lot of people that I've come in contact with, as far as their dreams and aspirations. I was, when I was younger, I wanted to be the lead. I wanted to be the lead singer, the lead, you know lead guy, but I was in a band. I played bass. I was background. Right. Now I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I talked because our lead singer was shy as fuck. But so I would talk a lot to the crowd and do things like that. Um, but you know, that was the dream. What I've learned growing up is that lead singers lead leading men, leading women, you know, the the lead in a movie or whatever, they're only as good as the surrounding elements. That's the truth. Talent, your talent is one thing. I'm good at talking. I'm pretty good on the radio. You know, I think the history, you know, the, the, the scoreboard would suggest that, but I'm dog shit if I don't have good producers. I'm horrible if I have bad co-hosts or contributors or guests, right? It's not a good program. It's the, I go back to it every year in football season where I talk about the script and, you know, I guess I got to stop using that. Cause now people think, Oh, you mean it's fucking rigged? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is the playbook that, People use. And I always say it's Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or As Good as It Gets, where he won Oscars versus Mars Attacks, right? Or Witches of Eastwick or some shit, like one of his lesser roles. Jack Nicholson could be any range of those, range of outcomes, right? You need the right people around you. I've learned that. I'm as good as the surrounding people, and they make me better. I hopefully make them better right? That's the whole thing. You don't always have to be the leading guy. You don't have to be. When I came to Guruli, I was the lead guy. I was Ted and I started our own company back in 2005 fantasy football, uh, uh scout was the site. And we were the lead guys there. And then we, you know, we brought in some help and had everybody blogging and it was going to be more of a, a, a total team effort, and then some people couldn't hang. And then I went into a uh, lesser role as a just a worker bee with uh, companies like Fantasy Football Search. And then I got the fuck out of there because they were a disaster. And I went into partnership with Ryan Hallam at at uh, Fighting Chance Fantasy. And then I became – we were partnership, but under a bigger umbrella at Fantasy Alarm, we started that company. And then I became the leading dog at Fantasy Alarm And then I was in sort of the peak of my career and said, yeah, that's, this is great. It's fun, but I know there could be better. I could do better work and we could make it better for customers. If I joined Guru Elite, I was able to be the CEO of Guru Elite and with Tommy and, and uh, you know, Jeff Collins and all these guys that worked here um, as well. I mean, we had the, one of the most talented, the most talented, grouping that's ever been comprised in fantasy sports. It's just is right. And there's a lot of great talented organizations full of great people. We had the most and the best and people couldn't hang. They got a lot of them had ego. I knew I was second fiddle those Tommy G maybe even third or fourth fiddle. I didn't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. I want to win. If I have to be the ninth hole hitter, or the fucking holder for the extra point that, or for the field goal that won the game. I feel good about it. I just want to fucking win. I'll do whatever role I have to do. People get too, too, they think that they have to be the lead, that the head guy, everything. So what I'm saying is I get a lot of the credit. I also get a lot of the blame though. I I need to say that too, because I think that even my coworkers sometimes don't, really comprehend that element i understand the jealousy and stuff and i probably do get the most money and i definitely get the most recognition there's no question about that but i also get infinite blame like flying under the radar to me seems like the life to live like that's a fun life in a lot of ways because you get to do your piece and create your content and people blame somebody else. If it doesn't work, that's a great fucking setup if you ask me, but I recognize the responsibility. I embrace the responsibility, but it works both those ways. So what I'm saying is I needed my crew here. I need the people and these five gentlemen are probably the people I trust most next to my wife in the entire world quite frankly, and that was what was needed to pull off a good week of content, right? And I think we did that. I mean, we had a ton of guests. You have no idea how many guests we were supposed to have on. Let's see, the guests that canceled on us. Um, shit, I don't even remember. To I know Matthew Barry canceled on us or didn't show up. And Matt's not a bad guy. That's not a bad guy at all. He there was a true scheduling conflict at that time, though. He was in the building. And uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where he was in the building, but then left right before he was supposed to jump on with us. Matt has done good things for me, and I will never I will give him all the benefit of the doubt. DJ Dallas canceled on us. Uh, We may have canceled on him. Come to think of it like there were some of that. Where people were running late, and we just said, "Fuck it, we can't. We're not going to handle all this anymore." Right? Um, so yeah, so that was part of the problem as well. I mean, we had Ron Jaworski at one point was supposed to join. He didn't join us. Jake Plummer was supposed to join. He didn't join. us. Lagarrett Blunt actually, uh, my it's a funny story. My son goes to school with Lagarette Blunt's kid. Uh, he didn't show up. As well, Uh, he went the the previous day, so he canceled like the day before on that one as well. So that was uh, another guest that sort of bowed out, if you will. Um, But, you know, we had a lot of good guests. Sean Merriman was on. Alex Singleton was on. We got Sean Alexander, which I thought went very well. I love what Sean Alexander is doing and helping. Helping players get adjusted and prepare for the future, which is a big 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 part of it i thought shannon sharp was really good christian watson we had Jahan dotson we had uh matt collins and chris johnson on the program we had uh garrett wilson offensive player rookie or offensive rookie of the year new york jets wide receiver uh garrett wilson joined us there as well oh michael irvin that's the story You guys, we were supposed to have Michael Irvin on on our Wednesday show. Tuesday night, it came out that he was pulled from all appearances or actually came out Wednesday morning, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. He was pulled from all appearances for supposedly maybe making an appropriate contact with a female. Now, he's suing the hotel chain and everything else. So, yeah, I'm not putting that on Irvin. But, I mean, we were right in the thick of that shit. That was all going on. Um, Sean King, Sean King from v man. If you're not following him, that dude's legit, very cool guy, was one of our better interviews as well, and had a lot of fun. He's sending me hockey picks as we speak, and uh, so I'm pumped up about that. But I love talking ball with Sean King. Brian Dawkins was another great guest that we had on. But, like, all this shit is happening in real time, and that's Phil and Sandro. They are Navigating that, managing all that. We have a live audience with just all the Sirius XM crew and stuff like that. And one of the things I'm most proud of, uh, of my time on Super Bowl on Radio Row was so many Sirius XM employees, producers, camera people, social media people, upper management that came up to me. Phil, Sandro, and said, hey, man, listen to the show. Love it. Core 4 forever. Or, you know, whatever, you know, SGP, Mr. Plus 130. Tell Mr. Plus 130 we said hello. That makes me sing. Oh, not really sing. Okay. That makes me very happy. The respect of your peers and know that people in the business and in radio are listening, man, that's everything. I mean that means a hell of a lot to me, and I got to say the support we received from SiriusXM is just fantastic. It wasn't going to be that way, by the way. Like the the behind the scenes talk stuff is they were very skeptical. I was cleared to go. They wanted me to go, but they were like, "Why do you need anybody else? Why I don't understand. You don't need anybody. You shouldn't have to have anybody." you know you could we could get you a producer from nfl radio blah blah blah. and i pushed for it but it's not just me pushing it was our program director uh jsk jacob that was doing this it was um our uh, assistant uh program director rob tuesday it was phil it was sandro saying hey let's um you know let's Let's get this done. And ultimately, it was the head of sports program and Steve Cohen who said, fine. I think he just said, fuck it. Leave leave me alone. I'm tired of hearing from you. Do whatever you got to do to make it the best show possible. And that means a lot. And I understand there's always budget restrictions. There's always schematics. How many people can we fit? How many press passes? How many passes for this section or that section can we do? So that was... It took a lot from SiriusXM to let us down there and do our job as well. I think we pulled it off. If you missed any of this stuff, it's on the X, uh, SXM app. It's right there for you the entire week of Super Bowl. But it was a lot of fun. Now, a lot of people asking, where? what about Ted? What happened to Ted? He was a ghost. I didn't see it. So um, little behind the scenes that people don't realize is like I am – a Sirius XM employee right on top of, of Fantasy guru and everything else. And so I, I work for Sirius XM as well. I do other shows and programs that they need help here and there or host or, So that's that. So is Ray flowers. Ted is not Ted's a fantasy guru employee. Okay. So what wound up happening, which is, just fucking awful is that Ted ended up not being approved for a press pass. And for some reason, they the there's no spectator area, and the entire fucking facility was off limits to anybody without a pass. So that immediately created like a problem. Like holy fuck. Now we knew this going in. Ted knew it as well. So it's not like he got you know bamboozled or anything like this, but we had all figured, well we're going to do segments with Ted. He'll call in from the fan fest and he'll call in from the streets where we were out meeting people and things like that. Well, they closed off the entire facility. Like I said, they didn't have fan fest open until Thursday at three o'clock local time, which was after our show. So Ted had nothing to do except the video and stuff like that. So, I think he got pissed off about that, and rightfully so. We were not happy about it, but the show has to go on, and I think Ted recognizes that. We all recognize that. So, and that's why you know we had this this podcast, the live stream, did college basketball betting, and all of that good stuff um, on the site as well. But we got to hang out, and that's the most important part. And that's the thing about Ted. It's the thing about all the people the five people there. And quite frankly, most of my inner circle nowadays is people that I can trust. And sometimes this shit happens. I've talked about, you know, my own personal uh, demotions. I got demoted from CEO of this company of fancy guru. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've been through that. I, you should hear the shit that, Tommy G. I won't say Tommy, but like Kevin Adams and draft cheats say about me and said about me to people like the amount of bullshit I've had to put up with. And you put on a straight face and you go do a show with these people and you just smile. You, you got to fight through the ego stuff. You got to fight through those battles. And I want people around me that can handle adversity and can say, all right, my role is to be out here and do some videos and put some college bets, then that's what I have to do. Yes, I'm going to be pissed off about it because everybody wants to be involved at the level they're accustomed to, but sometimes that doesn't happen. So terrible situation, but that's why for me, I need to be around those type of people because I, I, quite frankly, I couldn't have handled it if I had a co-host and a best friend like Ted Schuster or not like Ted Schuster, who was going to whine and cry and bitch and fucking be a little baby and blow up that I couldn't do my job because then what would I do? I would have to sit there and say, well, fuck it. I'm not going on. I would have, I would be forced in that situation. Now, some of you may say, well, that's what I would have done. That's, and I think it's fair. And without getting into detail, I've done that in the past. Quite honestly, I, I, I quit one time over something uh, that was done to one of my co-hosts and I end up winning the fight. I think it's in Sirius X on fantasy sports, radio history. It's the only host to ever pull something like that and get away with it. And I don't say get away with it. It just was fight for what's right. Um, other people have done that and just been seen out the door. So, um, but I couldn't, I, cause our job is for you. My job on this podcast is for those of you listening. Our job on the radio is for those listening, driving around their cars, want to hear Super Bowl talk, want to hear interviews. That's the job. The job isn't to do what I want to do at the highest level I want to do it, right? That's not the job. The job is to put on a show, the job is to make the broadcast great. And I can't do that. And I couldn't be there if there was ego. And feel, hurt feelings w- would rule the day because, quite frankly, I think we all get hurt feelings by each other, by life, by management, upper management, coworkers, whatever it is. That the audience says something shitty. You know what I mean? Like, there's constant. You have to fight through that. So, uh, kudos to Ted on that one. I will say that I think Ted has ADD or ADHD real bad. This guy is the funniest motherfucker you'll ever see. I, I tell the story quickly on the radio show, but I'll tell it here now. We're in the car driving home one day and like we're having a conversation. We're talking about the show. We're talking about, we're trying to post things on demand and cut up interviews. And as we're Ted is sitting there with his phone watching a college basketball game blaring. We, we were screaming inside of a car trying to talk to one another. He had no concept that Other people were there that this was the wrong thing to do. It reminded me of my goddaughter when my kids were younger, my youngest, at least. We didn't have tablets back then playing their tablet, like did it, did it, did it, did it, bluey, bluey, And he's just fucking sitting there. He is no. And he did that at the house, too. We're sitting there watching shows at one point. Um, Phil got up and turned the horse racing off because none of us could bet except for Ted. So it wasn't, it's not fun to watch horse racing. When you're not betting on it, like it's, there's something, it's just not fun. So after like an hour, we Phil said, fuck this, we're turning off. It, Ted went and watched college basketball or some other like highlights, not even horse race on his phone, blaring while on the couch, right next to all of us. And we're just sitting there. Like, does he not realize what he's doing? And he didn't, he doesn't realize. It. So that's Ted. He is, he is a, a enigma wrapped in a conundrum he is just one of those guys i don't think ted has good social cues even at 45 years old and i I asked my wife i'm like was he always like this and she's like i don't think so no i and i don't know. so uh poor uh wife and kids because i I mean i could not even imagine doing that like just sitting there and, and dealing with uh somebody turning on a game right when you're in the middle of a conversation or a talking thing. So that's my dirt on Ted Uh, Ray flowers. um, You may have noticed Ray wore a mask the majority of the time that he was out there. Uh, That's for, and this is another thing that I saw some people commenting like, this is where you accept your friends and people for what they have to do. Everybody has to do what's best for them. I'm not going to divulge, Necessarily the reason why uh Ray was wearing a mask while out there, but let's say that he's got I'll say a very ill family member that could not be subjected to it. And it was either Ray Flowers come to Phoenix and attend, but be super freaking careful to make sure, or he can't go at all and just and so you know he made a choice, which I think was brave as fuck for Ray to do that um and i think he got a lot of support from people at the event and management and everything else but i think like social media social media is just a bitch and was constantly ripping on him but the thing is ray didn't take a sip of water he didn't take the mask off i think he went too fucking far with the mask and now i mean let's, i'm just joking let's be clear because he's everyone has their own responsibilities but i mean he wouldn't get dutch bros in the morning he wouldn't take sips of water during the show. Like he didn't drink from like when we left at nine 30, 10 in the morning, we were getting back at like six at night, not a sip of water in that whole time. Just crazy. I mean, that was that, but Ray did a great job with the interviews and uh, also just vibing, you know, he had to fill in on the core four for DFS and the bets on Friday. That's an unusual spot. We had anticipated Ted going being there for that. Ted actually left early on Friday too. Um, that was another thing. So um, yeah, I mean, Ray had to step in and do that, which is, is things that are out of his comfort zone as well. But kudos to him. Phil Backard is just a, a goddamn machine is what he is he's just a machine cannot be stopped will not be stopped worked hard uh i'll say phil's on phil and ted both on their phones nonstop, nonstop. and i mean like i'm like oh shit phil like ted i'm like you're gonna lose money fine phil i'm like you better calm the fuck down here man I, I was worried about phil i did like at one point i'm like all right what exactly are you betting I knew he was betting college basketball. He was actually betting NBA, but he does like a family pool thing that he was on. So I'm like, okay, that explained a little bit more on Phil. But man, Phil's one of those guys on the phone all the time. And I, I thought I was on the... See, before this trip, I thought a couple of things. I thought, number one, I was in bad shape. I thought, number two, I was always on my phone all the time. I found out that I'm not I am still in bad shape and on my phone all the time, but I'm not the worst and I'm not that bad <laughs> as comparison. So um the Phil, I mean, worked his ass off. And I mean, this guy's working on the ground. See, that's another thing is there's only so many tables and desks. And by later in the week, we didn't have room on the stage the side of the stage on the circ tiny circular tables that they had out. They were recording shows and podcasts, super bowl radio channel one Oh four, and Brandon Marshall's recording fucking shows, all the swimsuit, the sports illustrated swimsuit models took our stage on Friday. They pushed us into the side of the dais. Our, our, there's three setups on the main stage and then one side stage. And we were on the main setup the whole day, t- until Friday that they took our spot. And then we were shit out of luck. And then I got in trouble because I was too loud. Sirius literally told me to be quiet. I had to be quieter because I was interrupting other broadcasts. You could hear me on NFL radio. You could hear me on Mad Dog, and you heard me on Brandon Marshall's podcast. I say tough shit. That's what I say. That's ridiculous to me. That that of all the things, that's the only thing that bothered me about because it's broadcasting man if you don't have passion and energy then get the fuck out right the train's coming down the tracks and i'm the goddamn locomotive i'm the fucking engine and i'll barrel over your asses if you don't want to do this job don't do this job if it's a side gig for you if you just want to be if you just want to take up space on a microphone for a couple of hours and think you're cool then get the fuck out of my way some of us want to do this professionally and at the highest level possible so I'm sick of the ham and eggers, the podcasters, the part-time hosts. I'm sick of it. 13 years doing this every fucking day. And I'm just not having it anymore. Everybody out I know for me, as a consumer of content, I want quality. I don't want somebody. I want the best. I don't want to listen to something. I want to listen to the best of that thing. NFL talk, I want the best of NFL talk. Baseball talk, I want the best baseball talk. DFS, I want the best DFS. I want the best. I want funny people. I want smart people. Not people pretending to be funny or smart, which is 90% of people. Everybody thinks they're funny. You're not funny. Yes, all of you out there, you're not funny. No offense. That's not a bad thing. You can be funny. You say things in your inner circle. I'm sure you're funny. But you're not funny to an audience. That takes a lot there're not many funny people out there same as smart you're smart for your circle you're smart at your job you're smart in your home but when you go on a national broadcast you're not just smart I'm not smart I don't pretend to be that funny yes'll I'll go toe to-toe to anybody who wants to uh out funny me smart absolutely not no that's not no wrong guy <laughs> I don't and that's why I don't pretend to be right and I gotta research and do 10 times the amount of work just to keep up with people who are much smarter So anyway, uh, that was Phil. And Sandro's just the king. He's the fucking mayor. Sandro knew everybody. Sandro, to peek behind the Sandro Anello curtain, is that he doesn't leave his house. He hates leaving his house. He has been more inside than Ray Flowers since the pandemic specifically. And yeah, Sandro has, he lived in a van for a while. He biked across the United States, in case you didn't know that story. He's been out and done things, but when he's not doing those types of activities, he's just in. He doesn't like to be out. He's extremely introverted. But then we bring him on a place like this, and this guy knew everybody. Producers at other stations, management other places, terrestrial radio people, video people, everything. You know, he is everywhere. Incredible to me. And, you know, Sandra just is networking. He knew the lay of the land. He did the majority of our video stuff that you saw at SiriusXM fantasy as well. He, he set up the entire live stream Now he worked with Sean angle, who's was produced and shout out to my boy, Sean angle, who produces this podcast, but like Sandro set it up, got a mixing board for us, uh, told me what microphones to buy. So we all could have microphones and then worked with Sean to set it up from our end. And it, worked magnificently thanks to Sandro and sean of course but i mean just Sandro is just a, a fucking rock star he's just a pure fucking rock star and is being uh underutilized i will say in the radio and video space So i'm glad he's part of the elite mafia i'm so proud to have him on our show every single day and he's funny as hell he's a funny guy he's low-key funny he doesn't pretend to be funny he'll never tell you it's funny but he's just low-key he is a character you could watch the Sandro and Ella show seven days a week. You would tune in and see what is this kid up to next? What is he doing now? He left me a note. Let me let me share. Sandro – so we had the house for five days. Phil and Sandro came in a couple extra days. Um, so they stayed at my house, all right? And, you know, we set up sort of like inflatable mattresses and portable beds for the, the guys so they had their rooms and everything else. But Sandro leaves a note. First one said, "Thank you for the best sleep setup in the world." That's what he said. Uh, he wrote that note, left it on the the uh, portable bed or whatever he slept on that first night. The second, the last night though, he was uh, uh, he went full on like social media, bitch boy. He wrote an, uh, he wrote this is Sandro's review. I've been coming here for years. Since I was five, in fact. This place has changed. It's a shame. The new management has no clue what they're doing. This used to be the best sleep bed ever. My grandpa was a shoe salesman, dot, 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 so I know. One out of five star rating. He leaves the shift just sitting around. Like, he's, I mean... <laughs> He's just something else, man. That was it. So um, stories from behind the scenes. It took us probably two to three hours to set up for that live stream and the podcast that you heard last week. That was mostly Sandro setting up on our end and then a good hour by Sean and Sandro getting everything and rusty as well, h- helped out in that capacity as well. Uh, Phil Backer, these guys cannot hang like I'm a night owl. Phil wants Phil's asleep at like fucking 9, 30, 10 o'clock. He didn't actually go to sleep, but he was he was dozing. Rafe Flowers fell asleep one day on our drive home. He literally fell asleep in the car like just fell, he's like what, what? He, he like did. He's in the passenger seat next to me as I'm driving and he fell asleep. We're all talking. It wasn't like quiet. Ted had his fucking videos going on Coco Melon or whatever Ted was watching. And Ray fell asleep there. These guys were so tired. When we got to like 10, 11 o'clock at night, they were wiped out. And, you know, they all wake up earlier than I do normally on a normal basis. But I'm like, man, for me, Mr. Night Owl and guy only sleeps four or five hours a night max, Like I was like raring to go, and these guys are just totally out. And when we added, we got, let's see, who got drunk? That's the questions I'm sure you'll want to know. Um, I didn't I the one night the first night Um, I think that Ted was feeling it Ted Ted had a bunch of drinks and then he had an energy drink the next day and then we had Mexican food on that Tuesday and Ted had acid reflux and he was fucking out he missed the entire Wednesday everything on Wednesday and I again I knew he would Ted was talking to us off air as if this was a frat party, we're going to be shotgun of beers and doing shots. We get there and he's talking about fiber and acid reflux. And like, it is hilarious. It's just hilarious when you get old, this is what happens. Um So he, he got a little ret, not wrecked, but a little sauce. The first day Ray flowers on Wednesday was annihilated. Tell everybody how rich he is and how all these crazy things he, he, does Out in California, uh, we just sat there, listened, absorbing it all. I was Tuesday night, I was pretty lit. I had a lot of maker's mark on that night. We played, uh, we went to like a Mexican restaurant that had shuffleboard and Papa Shot. I set the Papa Shot record, by the way, it was 74 points. I got 78, so I'm now the high score, which is pretty awesome as well. Um, I have uh, we played shuffleboard and fucking Ted walks away in the middle of the game. It's me and Ted versus Ray and Phil, and we actually had a lead at the time, Ted and I. And Ted just left. I'm talking just walked away like nobody that's the thing with Ted. Nobody has any idea at what's go, where he goes. We don't know if he's taking shit, going to smoke going to watch the game, but he leaves in the middle. Sandra took over at that point. We ended up losing, but that's, it's just Ted is just crazy. Like he just leaves, just fucking disappeared middle of a game, like 15 to 11. And next thing we know, like, where's Ted? We don't know. Uh, and he's gone for a rug an hour. I think he shit himself at the, a restaurant. That's my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I I was pretty sorry. I, I got good. uh I lubed up that night for sure. Um, was feeling it there but uh and then that's it we didn't nobody got really annihilated at all like too drunk like Wednesday we were sauced up pretty good we were drinking during the live stream then afterwards but nothing major and I think by Thursday like everybody none of us drink every day contrary to popular opinion. Like we don't, I rarely drink anymore, to be honest with you. I will. It's not like I'm against it. I just at home and working during the football. See, I don't have time. You know what I mean? Like I don't have time for any of that. So now I think by the time we got to like Thursday, it was, we were pretty tired. I guess, from, uh, you know, the, the the work and everything else there. So that was our week in, uh, in Phoenix. I think it was fun. Um, trying to think of any other stories that didn't get talked about or we haven't discussed. I think that's pretty much it. Let's get into the Super Bowl Super Bowl 57 uh, I mean you know my thoughts on the penalty I thought that a couple of things from the Eagles side that they could have done better is well, what they could have done better is you gotta keep going you need to end your opponent finish him Old Mortal Kombat saying. They said it, Cobra Kai. They said it, uh, and Karate Kid. Finish him. That's what you need to do. You gotta finish your opponent. I have watched my entire life teams that for. I don't know if they're in awe. I I kind of wonder about that. Oh, here's something from the the radio row. This is something that I thought is pathetic. So we're all – the only people that could get into Radio Row were authorized members of the media, right? That's all that's allowed in them. Well, every day, Pat McAfee, Kay Adams, or like all – the like, Levitard, like people watch their show. These are other people in the broadcasting arena that just sat there and watched them. And again, I don't – it's not the – I, I don't fault them for watching. I think they do great work. I really do. But I do have to say, like, I, I worry that that's the problem why so many shows and podcasts are shit. They're bad because everyone's trying to do their version of whoever's hot. For a while it was Joe Rogan. Before that it was Corolla in the podcasting space. Now it's McAfee, right? Like everybody wants to be, all, all the females want to be Kay Adams, it seems like. Now, weren't saying that five years ago, but now everybody wants to be K. Adams or they want to be or, or Lebatard's their guy, and they just do that impression. Don't do impressions. Be yourself. Do you? That's the thing. And I, I was just kind of put off by it. I'm like, how nah, fucking pathetic. I'm not on any of these fucks. I don't know why anybody and I'm not saying that I shouldn't say these fucks. That's mean, but seriously, I think think is great. I love what he does. Personally, I like it. I dig Lebatar too, to be honest with you. I'll listen. I'll watch, I'll listen, whatever, but I ain't fucking an on and say, oh, I gotta do that. I gotta have I gotta say what they say. And that's why we have so much tribalism these days. That's why so many people have the same opinions. It's I know it's probably great for my career because I refuse to give in to something I don't believe just because somebody else said it or thought it or did it but it, it's working out because when people listen to this podcast or my radio show they are they think I'm fucking bananas or crazy or I'm so different not that different I think I, I believe I think like a lot more people than that will admit it right I really do and I've talked about politics and COVID and fucking uh, vaccines and shit. And I, there's brushback, but there's not. It's not nothing that big because you guys know, you know, it's not that big a deal. We don't have to fight. We could have disagreements. Like that's the whole point. Anyway, I, I was blown away by that. But you have to put them away. The Eagles didn't put the field goals. On the final drive of the first half and the opening drive, it was a great opening drive. It it was their first drive of the second half where it took like nine minutes off the clock. That was great, but you have to get a touchdown. Nine minutes to get a field goal against the Chiefs, ain't it? That is not it. And ultimately, that's what doomed the Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, the, the one turnover of the game didn't help. I get that. But at the same time, something you have to account for and you still had a big lead 10 point lead as a matter of fact afterwards so mismanaged all that i thought that the uh, commercials were terrible the one commercial with tubi where people thought that somebody sat on the remote or were changing channels i thought that was pretty good that was the only commercial i thought was good kick of destiny was garbage what a fucking terrible terrible kick of destiny promotion that was they had billboards all over the city of phoenix everywhere at FanFest, everywhere on radio row they promoted they pushed the you know gronk and vinitieri and k adams everybody's pushing this they they talked about it non-stop and it turned out to be nothing more than a tape delayed kick of which i guess he missed the kick and nobody knows what the and what do you get five dollars in your fanduel account fuck you fanduel fuck you your five dollars $10 million kick of destiny. Nobody even knows what it was. And DiGiorno pizza sucks too. 1,500 pizzas. They had a chance. I like DiGiorno pizza for the record. Like I have no problem with that kind of pizza. Um, But not my favorite. But they were going to give free pizza out for a, any kick that hit the upright or crossbar. And then boom, first field goal attempt of the, of the game, Harrison Butker hit it right off the upright. Boom. Boom. <laughs> And, oh, no, it's only 1,500 people. 1,500. It's 118 million people watching the Super Bowl, dipshits. You're giving away 1,500 pizzas? What a crock of shit. I thought the halftime show was great. Is Rihanna my favorite artist ever? No. Do I listen to all their songs? No. But I will tell you, uh, my, everybody at my party, my kids, all the youth, if you will, I had college students there. They fucking loved it. In fact, my wife had to put off dinner till the game started back because nobody would eat during the Rihanna performance. And I understand. That's not your cup of tea. You guys don't like it. Some of you are like really hateful toward her and things. It's like, dude, this chick she she hasn't performed live since 2018. She gets in front of 118 or 115 million people. Okay. Pregnant like five, six months pregnant, right after having a newborn 10 months ago, right? Irish twins, we used to call that in the biz. She belts out hit after hit after hit while being elevated and moving around, and she barely danced. I, I'll give you that, but that's what do you expect? And she, and she is the only artist in history to increase the audience of the Super Bowl. Three million people tuned in just to watch the halftime show most in history. Don't fucking tell me that was a bad halftime show. That's a home run. That's a grand slam. That's five grand slams on top of each other, whether we liked it or not. See when you're partisan, you just say whatever you like and what's best for you. When you're honest, you say what the truth is. The truth was she killed it. She did a great job. Um, what else? Uh, kick of Destiny, I mentioned. I thought you know, Jarek McKinnon doesn't get enough credit. Nobody's talking about that all week. Him sliding, the Eagles were letting him score, and the fact that he slid to take all that time off the clock. I mean, that's really – if the if McKinnon just walks in the end zone, scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl, he's an upcoming free agent. He has no ties to Kansas City, by the way, after that game. So scoring in the Super Bowl, big. But that, that gives – Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense pretty much over a minute to get downfield and try to score themselves, which, by the way, that's almost as much time as there would have been if the penalty had not been called. See, the penalty, they were still going to get a field goal. The field goal was happening one way or another. So the only conversation was whether or not they were going to have a minute 30 left on the clock or not. And if McKinnon doesn't take that slide and just goes in, they let him score, it's a minute. So he had 30 less seconds, which is big and it's hard to do. But we're forgetting Nick Bolton had a 25-yard fumble return for a touchdown on a Miles Sanders fumble. That got nullified. Dallas Goddard should not have been ruled a catch when he clearly bobbled it and only had one foot in, but they credited him there. So there were calls on both sides that did it. Plain and simple, the Chiefs won. Eagles showed up very well. Eagles are in a good spot going forward. They really need that offensive line to be healthy. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey to stay together. That's their defensive line. We'll see what happens with Fletcher Cox this offseason. They're going to lose Miles Sanders, but I don't think you need, when you have Hurts, you'll bring in another veteran running back for that role. I, I think you have A.J. Brown. You have plenty of offense there. They've got to sign Jalen Hurts as well. So I, I think in that spirit, the Eagles are going to be fine. Now, it's never easy. It's never easy just to get back to the Super Bowl. We're learning that every single time. Look at everyone in the world thought the Bengals were coming back. We're going to be back in the Super Bowl, and they, they didn't make it this year. fact, like I did the last set since Super Bowl 40. So what are we, 17, 18 Super Bowl, 17 Super Bowl? The Rams were Super Bowl champions. We forget that. They finished 5-12 this year. Bengals were 12-4. The Chiefs, they were Super Bowl losers two years ago. Now, obviously, they got back to the playoffs last year, eliminated an AFC championship game. The Chiefs are just, like I said, I watched this. I didn't finish this thought earlier. I've watched Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and now Patrick Mahomes, all three quarterbacks, they're always in the game. Nobody puts them away. It's like people are scared. You got to fucking end these people. You can't choke them to death or fire a bullet in their You have to fire a thousand bullets. You have to eliminate their throat. You have to, you, it's not just time, it's not just natural causes. You have to end them. It's a a killer mentality, and I don't mean These references are graphic. I don't mean it like literal death. I mean that in the competition vein. Don't be up one and get sloppy or get inflated and protect your lead like the Eagles did. You got to keep going. You got to go up by 38. Go up by 38 points. Go up by 24 points. And then when you're up 24, keep going go to 31. Keep hammering them. If you don't, and when you don't, they're going to come back and beat you. And people need to know that about the Kansas City Chiefs going forward. So, yeah, Chiefs in the Super Bowl two years ago, back to Super Bowl, win the championship. They are the enigma, right? Back-to-back Super Bowls in Super Bowl 54 and 55. Um, But other teams, like the Buccaneers, were 13-4 and after winning the Super Bowl, then lost in the divisional round to the Rams. 8-9 Eight and nine this year. 49ers were in the Super Bowl three years ago. Six and 10 the next year. 10 and seven next year. Made it to the NFC Championship game three years. But the Patriots in Super Bowl 53 were 12 and four. Went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Then beat the Rams 13 to three. And that one's seven and nine the next year. Rams were nine and seven the next year after that one. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Eagles fans know this shit. Nine and seven the following year. Nine and seven the next two years, quite honestly. Falcons in the Super Bowl had the 28 to three lead, went 10 and six, did make the playoffs the next year, bowed out in the first round, then seven and nine, never been back. The Broncos won Super Bowl 50, were nine and seven the following year, five and 11. They haven't been back to the fucking playoffs yet. So the NFL is built in a way which is great for fans. Looking forward, I'm excited about my Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are the worst team in football, but they have the most money to spend. They're a big market team. They've got their franchise quarterback, and they have the number one pick in the draft. That's the recipe for turning it around quickly. And you can do that in this league. Having the franchise quarterback is a huge staple and a big part of that. That's what you really need, and the Bears have it. So I'm excited. I think there are a lot of teams. When we look ahead to who could be back here next year, um, yeah, I think a team like the Buffalo Bills is one that is the window closed. I mean, the Bengals are here. The Chiefs aren't going away. The Broncos just got Sean Payton. The Chargers have Justin Herbert and a new offensive coordinator. Steelers are getting better, never lose. Ravens are always tough. The Cleveland Browns of Deshaun Watts. I think the Cleveland Browns are the You want to look for a surprise AFC team, they're, they're your team. I think the window for the Buffalo Bills is all but closed. Sad to see. Jacksonville, going to get Calvin Ridley to add. Trevor Lawrence in his third season, about to enter. Got to get better on defense, specifically in the secondary. But they're a team on the rise. AFC is just tough. Just tough. NFC is a little more open. Who could be back there for the NFC next year? I think, you know, on paper, it's hard to say anybody but the Eagles. But again, we said that – I said that about the Rams last year. And lo and behold, they fall all the way to 5-12. Terrible fucking season. I look at the Carolina Panthers. I like what the Carolina Panthers are doing. Now, they – have a real shot, but the problem is they have to, I like the coaching staff that they've assembled there, right? They need a quarterback. There are going to be quarterbacks available. It's about getting the right one, however. Right. But this coaching staff has just, I love, I think David Tepper's doing what I said on Sirius XM. Um, a few weeks ago, they went out and got Jim Caldwell. They went out and got, um, the Broncos, uh, Ejiro at e- Evero the defense coordinator from the Denver Broncos from last year, did a tremendous job was in head coaching circles all over. Frank Reich is a, an established leader there as well. They go get do Staley. Like that's a hell of a get, right? That's a hell of a get for, the Carolina Panthers. So, I mean, they went out and got a bunch of great coaches to um, Josh McCona, quarterback coach as well. Um, Do Staley, the uh, running back, James Campen, Campin, veteran offensive line coach as well. So all right, this coaching staff look good. They need a quarterback. They're loaded in every other spot on the field. But I look at Carolina as a team that, could rise quickly, specifically because I think the rest of the division is is falling back. I look at the New York Giants. They need some help specifically in their uh, secondary as well. They need help there. They need more receivers. I think that Detroit Lions are right there for the taking. It looks like they have their quarterback in Jared Goff. Got to get better defensively, but they're a team on the rise as well. 49ers will see what happens with Trey Lance. They're loaded. 49ers are absolutely loaded. But if they can't get Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy's not it either. That magical run ain't going to sneak up on anybody next year, folks. So... You know, be careful with that one. But those are some of the teams I think that could get there very next. So what's next for us? What's next for this uh, podcast and the show? You know, we have the Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide available now over at FantasyGuru.com. We are going to turn our attention toward baseball a little bit. Football's always front and center. The Combine's coming up. Our own Phil Backert will be covering it live for us at the event this year. So we'll have coverage. We have about, what, I think four weeks from now. Yeah, the week of the 13th of March starts, or I don't think the 16th of March actually starts the NFL free agency signing, which is huge. The trade period, we got to f- find where Aaron Rodgers goes, where Derek Carr goes, Derek Carr to Carolina. There you go. Probably. I think that's where I predicted. So I think that's a, a very viable situation there as well. Um, then we got NFL draft. Where does B. John Robinson go? You know, we've got uh, Quentin Johnston, the top receiver in this class. I already did a mock draft for Sirius XM for fantasy football next year, and I got a lot of rookies on there as well. We'll have player profiles, everything else up there. We will be talking football probably not every day, but definitely as the bigger news happens, and I think Friday is going to be a very – football Friday is going to be a thing on the elite sports show on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio as well. This podcast, I'll do a couple more episodes here. I will be taking a, uh, a couple week time out. I will let everybody know an update. Then thank you for all those who have talked to me and wished well, all that my daughter is having heart surgery, uh, in March. So I will be out probably from this, the, um, the right around the middle. I think it's that, I think it's the week of free agency and I would never take that week off or any time off during that period with the NCAA tournament, all that, but I'll likely miss at least a couple of shows during that whole thing. Um Obviously a big thing for me and my family. It's a, major thing to go through and uh, she's going to be fine she's tough and we're going to get through that just as I did the previous year I had surgery in March Man's family in March I don't know what happens to us but uh, I think we we live too hard during the football season or something I will say this too we have full XFL coverage over at fantasyguru.com we will have full USFL coverage we never stop talking football I've got rankings and depth charts there now as we speak Over at FantasyGuru.com. So get over there and check those out for the XFL. And I'll be watching XFL. I'm always interested to see what goes on. Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant, man. I wonder if he still has those wheels. Big, long target that can just flat out fly like a gazelle down the sideline. I mean, you look at him. He's 31 years old now. If he could still fly like that, I don't know if anybody could stop him in the XFL. Like they don't have that kind of speed in the secondary at XFL like they do in the NFL. So if he could stay clean on the up and up, man, that's a guy who could break out. We're gonna win. We're gonna make bets. We're gonna win DFS contests. DraftKings says their DFS contest for XFL up already. So we're gonna be all in on that. I'll say that uh, for me personally, I'm going to be taking not. I won't say I'm not gonna be doing the DFS right up for that. I think one thing I'm proud of. And I talked about the start of the show. I, I think I've got a great team around me. I've got Jorge Pucks and Armando Marsal and Tyler Beaker and Russell Clay and guys like that. Obviously, you know, Ted and Ray too. I've got such Chris Rose. And now, now I'm going to leave people out. And everyone's like, what the fuck Scotty B Scott Bonder, Ryan Clifford. And man, these guys are great at what they do. They're tremendous teammates. And it's time to start giving them more exposure, more opportunities and grow them into bigger roles within our company and everything else. So it's one of those things that I've recognized at my point in a career, I will say I'm going to always be aware of what I can do, what I can handle, what I do well. And I don't think there is a better football analyst than myself out there right now. If there is, he's probably Tyler Beaker to be if you want to just talk about pure analyst wise um, on our team as well, but I'll put myself against anybody in the free world. No matter. I, you could, you want to, I'll go to, to Dan Arlovsky or anybody else. Let's go like I am on that level right now, but it is taking me longer. I can't write as quickly as I used to do. I think the analysis and I'm at the top of my game, but the time it takes to write cash game breakdowns and, do rankings and projections and go through every possible that just takes a little more time, whether, whether it's the technology, whether it's me slowing down, I'm not sure, but that's going to invite others into the fold as well. And I look forward and I'm excited about that. So, and that's going to be with the, we brought in um, some help from the XFL as well, I think I could officially announce that our guy Mark Hogan at DFS underscore Marlin is going to be joining the Fantasy Guru team. Uh, Mark is a former executive with the XFL. He knows how it works. He knows how these guys were drafted. He knows the setups, the the tools, and the resources that these coaches have. I think he's going to bring an absolute incredible perspective to our xfl content we're proud to have him on the team so uh support mark and all his work here as well but yeah for me could take a little bit of a breather it's, it's football season's over i'm not going anywhere i still got nba like i i was five and zero oh, by the way so i posted two bets on our tuesday show i lost both of them so I, you know i don't like doing anything that i'm not good at and i'm not i can't help people win so of course on wednesday what did i do i didn't Save my bets. I'm just doing it, trying to work, wrench on my own, you know, picks and plays. I was five and zero, oh. motherfucker. So went 5-0 that day. Of course, I didn't post the bets, so fart equals win. But it just shows you I've been paying attention. Me and my son watch NBA. We watch college basketball every day. I'm going to be live with bets for the tournament. I'll pop in with some NBA stuff as well. I'll have plenty of XFL coverage, including my rankings every week, the depth charts every week. I'll be chiming in with the DFS stuff and the betting stuff. I'll have bets every week for XFL as well, Major League Baseball. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things to to bring forward there. I'll have my MLB bets, my MLB DFS stuff. We've got a brand new cash game breakdown for you guys. Ray Flowers is going to be on DFS duty a lot this week. We've got GPP breakdowns. We're expanding our daily fantasy baseball coverage for 2023. Super excited about that. And uh, very proud of our team. Proud of everybody else. Thank you guys for listening as well. Uh, Plum out of time for this episode. I will be doing one next week as well. I think that will be, then I'll start wrapping it up for season three. But, you know, we'll look, look ahead. We'll have baseball, more guests, more introspective life stories. I've got a lot of things lined up for the next season of one man's opinion podcast i thank each and everyone for downloading favorite liking and everything else you may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's show it's perfectly all right why you know why just one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody